are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. You can make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be previewing Kentucky basketball's matchup with the Vanderbilt Commodores. Going to be a tough matchup tonight. What is the word that we've been using on this show in relation to Kentucky's SEC games? A dogfight. This game, I don't think it's going to be any sort of exception to that term. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the show. If you're catching this while this Vanderbilt game is occurring, please make sure to subscribe. We will have a post-game recap going up tomorrow as well. So let's go ahead and get into it. I think stylistically, you're going to see a lot of things from this Commodores team that you and I saw last year. If you were watching this show last season, you knew Jerry Stackhouse stylistically, we like to dive into X's and O's here, by the way, he runs a sort of motion offense that involves a set known as horns. Some of you may know what this is. Stackhouse likes to run it quite a bit outside of isolation, which I will get to in a second. In this set called horns, forwards set up at the elbows of the perimeter while shooters space the floor out on the wing. Excuse me, on on the elbows on the inside. And the shooters space out on the wing. The ball is then passed into one of the forwards from there, and the perimeter players can cut, space, or set off-ball screens to try and get themselves open. This set allows for different guys to touch the ball, and when run accurately, it can be very effective. Several teams in this conference run it pretty effectively Maybe not as interestingly as Stackhouse does. I think this is a set you're going to commonly see with the the uh, the Commodores tonight. Now, I don't want to sit here and just say, based on what this definition is, where players can then cut off the perimeter and do different things like that, I don't want to say that we're just going to see these the same thing over and over and over and over again. You're going to see different iterations of it, which is why I think this is an interesting offense. Statistically, though outside of what they do stylistically, I don't think that there is a lot there to prove that this is some type of elite offense. As of right now, Vanderbilt is currently 7th in the SEC in points per game at 73.2. They don't do a ton uh, offensively that really wows you when it comes to the numbers. Right now, they're ninth in the SEC in field goal percentage. Last year in this matchup, they took a lot of three-point attempts This season, you're probably going to expect the same thing. They're third in the league in three-point attempts right behind Vanderbilt, excuse me, Missouri and Alabama. This team, while they don't have a ton of pace, they will put up a lot of shots. And it comes off of that horn set or it is created in isolation. One of the most interesting things about Vanderbilt that we noted last season is that they put up a lot of shots. They didn't turn the ball over. And it, was, it seemed like all things should point to them being a more effective offense. Well, they mainly don't turn the ball over because they don't pass the ball a ton. They're second in the SEC in turnovers per game, 
and they're 12th in the SEC in assists per game. They just simply don't pass the ball around a ton. They do a lot of dribbling around those screens we talked about earlier. They do a lot of creating an isolation, and this was, I think, uh, elevated because of the player that they had on roster last year that was, I wouldn't say a ball hog, but I think a lot of people would describe him as that, is Scottie Pippen Jr. He was the one that was the primary ball-dominant guard on that team that kind of forced Vanderbilt to statistically take a dip in those categories because he was the one handling the ball, he was the one controlling most of the possessions, and he was the one at the end of the day that would probably get a shot up more often than not. This year, it's a little bit different. So last season... Vanderbilt had a couple of really solid players, and Miles Stute, I believe how you say it, is how you say it, Miles Stute, Stutt, I don't know, I'm an idiot, and then they also had Jordan Wright. Last year, they were very solid. This year, they've kind of taken a step back to two players. Now, I do want to point out that, that Miles and uh, Jordan are still very good. They're both averaging over 10 points per game, but Tyron Lawrence and Liam Robbins are the ones that have kind of taken center stage. So last season, Liam Robbins, excuse me, Liam Robbins, if I'm not mistaken, was not that big of a factor uh, for the Commodores. In fact, he only played 14 minutes in this game and he didn't score a point uh, in, in, this, uh, in this road trip uh, that the Commodores, or excuse me, that the Wildcats had this past year. Tyron Lawrence, uh, if I'm not mistaken, didn't really do a whole lot in this game either. Yeah, I'm pulling it up right now. Only had three points on one shot attempt. But they have become the two most dominant guards on this team outside of Jordan Wright, or excuse me, players outside of Jordan Wright. And so I think you expect a balanced, well-scoring effort from this team as opposed to what we saw last year, which was Scottie Pippen Jr. doing his thing against Kentucky, getting what he wanted, and that being it. It's more of a well-rounded effort this season, which is interesting because as far as record goes, there's not a whole lot that has changed up until this point. Last season, Vanderbilt, 19 games into the year, was 10-9. and This year, 19 games into the season, they are 10-9. and A little bit of a different tale because they are 3-3 three and three in conference play, and they are coming off a couple of really impressive wins over their last... the the three-game stretch they've been in recently. They beat Arkansas, beat them at home, and then they went on the road and they scored 85 points against Georgia. They are scoring efficiently right now. Over their past five games, they have scored 82, 68 against the best defense in the nation, 97, 66 against one of the better defenses in the nation, and then 85 against Georgia. When they play teams that do not play well on the defensive end in conference play thus far... They have proven to be lethal. They even scored 84 against South Carolina. They scored 85 against Missouri, who I think right now is last in the league in points per game. This team executes against competition that they should, in theory, execute against. At least that's what I have seen from Vanderbilt thus far this season. So where does that bring us for this matchup? Well, I want to get to what Kentucky does in a second, but I think focusing on what Vanderbilt does in this game, it's very difficult to pinpoint an individual matchup that I think will determine the outcome of this one. Like I said, it's very balanced as opposed to what we saw last year. It's very different in terms of what the players are doing individually. I think the product as a whole is very similar, though, when you just look at the, the raw numbers, look at the record and everything like that. Liam Robbins, we've talked about it before on the show. What does Oscar Shibwe struggle with? He struggles with not just height, but he struggles with 
size, weight specifically. Whenever he goes up against a post player that has just as much physicality as him, not necessarily height, he struggles in the game on both ends of the floor. Leon Robbins, seven feet tall, 250 pound senior for the Commodores. It's going to be very interesting, very interesting to see what Liam Robbins does in this game against Oscar Shibway. He's second in the country in block percentage, about 14.6% of the twos that are put up on the floor whenever he is out there are blocked by him. That's insane. That's really, really good. It's going to be interesting to see what the post presence does in this game for the Commodores. Because to be honest with you, he's essentially their number one guy in the post. Outside of that, you look at their primary scores. I mean, there's only one other Ford in their top eight scores, and it's it's Miles Stute. And to be honest with you, Stute has not been particularly like, dominant this season as far as percentage of possessions used. So it's going to be Liam Robbins. I think that's going to be the big one to watch. But again, I want to reiterate, this is a well-balanced team. Statistically, they don't do anything terribly other than turn their opponent over. It's just kind of your average team, to be completely honest with you. How Kentucky shapes up on the road is going to be fascinating. I want to dive into what the Wildcats may do in this matchup because, again, I want to reiterate something I said at the beginning of the show. I think this is going to be tough. I think it's going to be very difficult. Before I get to that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America, and that's FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers, you can join today to get started with $150 free in bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. All you have to do is sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. As you all know, the NFL playoffs are marching on. The conference championships are this weekend. The 49ers are taking on the Eagles. The Bengals are taking off on the Chiefs. Those are both really close games. If you feel strongly about those, you can go check it out over at uh, FanDuel, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So, football fans, don't miss out. You can pay, place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, over at FanDuel.com slash on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, continuing along here on the Wednesday, excuse me, the Tuesday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Got my days out of order here. Lance Daw hanging out here with you. So we talked about what the Commodores do, what they do well, how balanced they are relative to last season. Statistically, they're just kind of average in a lot of different areas. They don't turn the ball over. They don't pass it a ton. They don't turn their opponents over. So what does Kentucky do? How does Kentucky attack this on the road? Well, I think the first thing we have to get to is what we were talking about just a second ago. Liam Robbins is a physical post presence for the Commodores. They have an anchor, no pun intended, in the middle of their defense. How does Oscar Shibway offensively attack that? That is going to be my biggest question for the Wildcats in this game. Now, 
if you look at how Kentucky played in this one last year, it was not Oscar Shibwe that performed insanely well. He did have 17 rebounds and 11 points. He played well. I'm not saying that he played poorly. But a lot of it came from the foul line. Vanderbilt was very physical with him. The guy that stood out in this game was Davion Mintz coming off the bench and having a really good performance from outside the arc. Outside of him, it was Keon Brooks Jr., who ended up going 7 of 15 and having 20 points in this game. Kentucky got out and ran in this game pretty well, if I remember correctly, last season. The reason I'm comparing so much to last year is because a lot of the guys that you see that were kind of bench players slash starters that were not named Scottie Pippen Jr., I mean, most of those guys are back for the Commodores. Most of those guys are going to be kicking in this one. It's the question of whether or not Kentucky can go out and execute again because last year, uh, last year they were... Um, they, they were, it was pretty close. It was like 77 to 70 or something like that. It was a pretty close contest. How Oscar Shebway performs is big. And then something that we talked about last episode. I hate to sit here and say the same thing between episodes over and over and over again, but it's important. It's important for us to discuss. So the outside shooting against Texas A&M did not perform well. It just straight up didn't. And that was a little bit of a disappointment because I expected Kentucky to at least try and, you know, get the ball to some guys that would be a little bit more efficient. C.J. Frederick, who we've mentioned has been on a cold streak, continued his cold streak. It was Antonio Reeves off the bench that kind of saved things with a really good performance. They shot a ton of threes, but they did not make them at a high clip. I don't necessarily care whether or not Kentucky shoots 35 threes in this game. I want to see the percentage go up. I want to see the right guys taking and making those shots. A lot of it, I think has to do with what does Reeves do in this game. Yesterday, we talked about whether or not C.J. Frederick should have his starting spot pulled for Antonio Reeves. Some of you in the comments agreed. Some of you in the comments disagreed. I still think Reeves, if we're going for an efficient lineup, should be starting for the Wildcats. It does throw some things out of order with the rotation, with the three and the two. I still think that it's worth it. Point being, I think Reeves, though, regardless of whether or not he starts or not, needs to make the most out of his minutes. How he performs in this game outside of Shibuya is going to be interesting. How Kaysen Wallace and how C.J. Frederick, if he does play his 29 to 35 minutes, how they shoot is also going to be really important. You cannot be outshot by this Vanderbilt team. If you do, you're going to have a hard time because getting in the paint is going to be difficult because of Liam Robbins. So that's my thought on that. I think Kentucky's got to be able to get Shibuya going. They've got to be able to get Antonio Reeves going. They've been the two guys that have been carrying thus far over these past two or three games. I think they need to light it up again. Kim Palm right now does not have a lot of faith in the Wildcats in this one. 73-71 to 71 is the final score prediction over there. 56% chance for the Wildcats to win this one. It's a toss-up. I'm not going to give a prediction. I want to know what you guys think in the comments below. If you're coming to this again after this game is over, I want you guys to leave your thoughts on the game. Uh, tell me what you want to hear on tomorrow's episode. Tell me what you think about the game. Any questions you have, period, just leave them in the YouTube comments below. If you're listening on podcast, you can hit me on the socials at LockedOnUK. Again, final score predictions, drop them down. We will have a post-game recap of this matchup coming up tomorrow on the show. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. Before you go, I want to remind you guys to please check out the Locked on College Basketball podcast. So, Friends of the program, Andy Patton, Isaac Shade, they host the Locked On Zags and Locked On Tar Heels podcast, respectively. They have collabed, and they are hosting the Locked On College Basketball 
podcast every single day. Make it your second listen today. They bring on big-name experts, coaches, players, everybody throughout the college basketball landscape. Sometimes I'm hopping on there talking about the Wildcats, so make sure you go and check them out. They're available on YouTube. Go subscribe to their channel. They are also wherever you get your podcast. Again, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. Follow me on Twitter at Lance Stahl underscore, and you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Again, any questions, comments, concerns, hit me in the comments. Leave me on the socials, or excuse me, hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for a recap episode of Kentucky versus Vanderbilt. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and God bless.